Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a special Monday edition of the Ken Reedy Show pregame for the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw. There leading in right there was the original theme to Monday Night Raw. We got a lot in store for you. We got Tony Atlas scheduled to give us a call and give us some insight. Um, But first, um, before we get into any of the wrestling, this is uh, not wrestling related, but I feel like having a show or, you know, doing anything, um, I just have to say something. Uh, I've been a wrestling fan a long time. I know for a fact in in my life that I have actually been a fan of Batman uh, since I was three years old. That That is, uh, as far as I can tell, the, the longest stretch of anything that I'm actually a fan of uh, has, has existed in my life. Um, uh, tied to that, the new Batman Dark Knight Rises is a horrible, horrible incident that occurred on Friday uh, out in, in Colorado. Um, and I just, uh, to start the show, I just want to say that we here at the Kennedy Show want to send all uh, our thoughts, best wishes out to uh, all the victims and all that were affected uh, by the shooting uh, in the movie theater at the midnight showing of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, truly heartbreaking uh, what's happened out there, uh, the images are very difficult to stomach. Um, this is a time for us, uh, really as a nation, to look at moving forward and healing. And let, let's not oversimplify what happened there. Let's not turn this into uh, anything uh, racial otherwise. Uh, let's not add other issues to cloud what happened a, a very, very bad man did an incredibly horrific thing and families will never be the same so again for us here uh thoughts going out to uh the families affected uh the horrible shooting uh out there in, in colorado and, and dave would you like to say 
Yeah, you know, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you on your uh, sen- on your sentiments towards this issue. You know, it's it's sad in today's world that you can't feel safe to even go to a movie theater to see a movie because some random asshole wants to play the depressed card and screw everybody's day up. Um, unfortunately, 12 lives were lost, several were injured, um, and uh, my 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 prayers go out to the family members and anybody that was affected through this shooting. Um, I just hope that, uh, you know, we can recover, we can move forward, and we can let this this prick who's going to sit in jail for the rest of his life know that, you know, we're not going to be scared to go to a movie theater anymore to go see a, to go see anything. So just remember that to uh, whatever this guy's name is. I'm not even going to dignify myself to say his name on the air. But um, my prayers and thoughts go out to the, the people who were affected out in Aurora, Colorado, and uh, God bless you all. Yeah, the bottom line is this, and Davey said it good, we will be going back to movies, we will be living our lives, we will be moving forward. So if I know he's not, and he's probably rotting in a cell somewhere, and we will not dignify by mentioning his name, guess what? You failed. You lose. We're moving forward. Uh, you, you did not deter us. So, you know, just go away. Um Let's move forward. And, you know, if anyone out there is, is listening and is from Denver, uh, hopefully we can give you a couple hours of just, you know, thinking about something a little little fun and a little uh, little less serious. And uh, let's get our minds off this. And let's uh, let's turn to, although it's difficult, uh, it's a special night in the world of professional wrestling. That's why we moved the show this week. So we're doing a special live pregame for Monday Night Raw's 1,000th episode. And call in 347-838-9815 is the number to call, 347-838-9815. We're talking Raw pretty much all night. Call in, tell us your favorite Raw moments, uh, your least favorite Raw moments, uh, what you want to see moving forward. This is all Raw talk for the next two hours. Um, Check out our website. Go to our website now. If you're not listening through there, go to the website, thekenreadyshow.com. We're going to get to this a little later on. Surprising results. Not going to get into it, but our poll question this week, who is the greatest wrestler of the Raw era? Who's the greatest wrestler of the Raw era? Surprising results so far. We'll reveal those results a little later on the show. If you go right now to thekenreadyshow.com, have your voice heard. We will talk about what you guys want to talk about. Right now, we're getting into Raw. Uh, give us a call if you can. And you know what? This being a huge Monday Night Raw out there, um, 1,000, we're hearing that the WWE is pulling out all the stops, that there are there's speculation, rumors circulating, running rampant. Who's getting a plane ticket here? Who's been seen having lunch there? All sorts of crazy stuff. Our news guy, Dave, what are you hearing right now so far out there in uh, Raw Land? I'm hearing just about any and everything is possible for this show. Um, this has been billed as, the uh, wrestling news source said it best, this has been billed as the WrestleMania of Monday Night Raw history. Um, it was rumored that Ric Flair, former TNA contracted employee, is in town in St. Louis, he had lunch today with Jim Ross and Shawn Michaels. It's also been reported that The Undertaker and Michelle McCool were spotted at the airport this morning en route to the arena. 
Um, I've heard names like Lita. I've heard Ron Simmons. I've heard Mae Young, JBL. Um, the, the, the current crop of WWE superstars, Mean Gene Oakland, Michael Hayes, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, the list goes on. There's, there's even a report that I put on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page this morning that Stone Cold Steve Austin was flown in late last night on a private jet into St. Louis to be a part of tonight's Monday Night Raw's 1,000th episode. There had been rumors for the past week and a half that he was not, there was a possibility he was not going to be able to be there um, due to commitments filming a movie, uh, The Grown Ups 2, starring Adam Sandler. Um, the sequel to the first one, but I personally, in my opinion, you can't have a thousandth episode of Monday Night Raw without Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock was show, showed a picture on Twitter and Facebook. He he arrived in uh, St. Louis. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. I mean, there's a list just a mile long. X Pac, Billy Gunn, The Road Dog. I mean, um, Vince McMahon and the WWE are pulling out all the stops, pulling no punches to make this three-hour episode. Huge. It's even been rumored that the band Green Day is staying in the WWE hotel. I don't know if they're guests of the WWE, if they're going to be recording the new theme song for Monday Night Raw, and they're going to sit front row, they'll show them on camera. No clue. I mean, from what I've heard, Vince McMahon has taken any personal grudges he has with any particular wrestler who has appeared on Monday Night Raw, who has made some form of an impact, and put it to the side so he can stack this show. There's at least... 30 guys who are not even on the active roster that are going to be a part of this show tonight. Um, I just read a few minutes ago that this morning, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, Brett the Hitman Hart, and Road Warrior Animal arrived together um, in St. Louis at the airport. Um, there was even an incident last night that was reported on Twitter where some crazy wrestling fans it just got so out of hand, someone tried to get an autograph from CM Punk. They were rude about it. Punk threw his autograph book in the garbage. It, turned, it, it, was, it almost turned into a full-scale riot in the, in the airport. Um, CM Punk even commented about it on Twitter. So St. Louis is the hotbed. It was the hotbed for wrestling in the NWA 20, 25 years ago. Now it's, now it's the hotbed tonight for the WWE and Monday Night Raw. It's, it's, it's huge right now. It's, this, this, this is potential to probably be the, the best Monday Night Raw of the year. Yeah, and just, you know, with the names you, you rattled off, I mean, you know, and I think it was uh, uh, someone you know, uh, Justin Rosenbluth, uh, possibly a relative. Uh, people have speculated, and this is purely speculation, how cool it would be if uh, a Bruno San Martino actually showed up. Uh, we know that he had uh, been approached, supposedly by Triple H, as far as the Hall of Fame goes. Uh, that's purely speculation. We've heard nothing about that. I've heard, just, you're right, that? I've heard about Bruno, that was something that I brought up on the Facebook page. It may be something that they've kept hidden, big secret. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I mean, again, that's, that's us purely speculating uh, to see him back. Um, you know, I don't know. Again, it's funny. You know, you'd think they'd have to do a video package or something because you wonder what the crowd's going to be like. Oh, uh, That's the thing that I think the WWE will do a good job tonight. That's always the problem with bringing back some of the uh, the veterans and stuff. Then. uh you know, when they come back, a lot of the crowd doesn't necessarily know who they are. Um, so, I mean, but they definitely will know a Stone Cold if Stone Cold music hits. And, uh, sorry, I mean, is that the guy for you? Uh, you know, when we're talking about the guy you need to see on uh, a Monday Night Raw 1000th episode, is it, is it Stone Cold? Is that the guy that, that 
you know, when you're thinking it's just not going to be complete if not for him, or is there someone else? Well, he's one of them. I mean, you know, if you didn't have Stone Cold and The Rock and Undertaker, there's probably like a handful of guys on one hand that I could count that if you didn't have this celebration without these guys, it wouldn't be the same. Steve Austin's one of them. I mean, Steve Austin, you know, he was one of the main factors of taking the WWE and Monday Night Raw and ushering it into the mainstream in the late 90s, starting in in, in 1997. Um, And he basically, you know, Took it from you know out of the you know from the from the fire into the frying pan, and uh, he was, I mean, he, he really he really helped elevate that company. I'm, I'm not saying he did it all by himself, but he was um, he did the majority of the of the, of the muscle, the, the legwork to, to 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 brand Monday Night Raw as must see TV on Monday night. I mean, if you think all these raw moments that we you know that we're going to talk about, he's in a large majority of them. Um, you know, it's confrontation with Iron Mike Tyson, the Zamboni, the beer truck, the, the cement truck pouring the cement in Vince's Corvette, you know, the, 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 when he beat Vince up in the hospital and hit him with the bedpan. I mean, he's he's a, he's the centerpiece of these handful of guys. Like I said, if you didn't have it with Rock, Undertaker, Mick Foley, Steve Austin, and, you know, let's just say Bret Hart, too. Those handful of guys, if you didn't have them on, on this show, it would have been a travesty, in my opinion. But sounds like they're all going to be there from what I'm hearing. And, and Steve Austin, you know, he's, uh, he's he's top of the list as far as I'm concerned, you know, in that, in that group of guys that have to be on that show. It's interesting because we have, like, some guys coming back that obviously are just going to be coming back for uh, an appearance, a pop, maybe a move, a small match. Uh, you know, who knows what what's going to happen with a lot of these guys. But guys who are not coming back with any real uh, – they're not coming back. Uh, they're just coming for tonight. Uh, the two guys that are supposed to be on the show tonight that uh, will have a big impact, uh, perhaps uh, SummerSlam as well as going forward into WrestleMania, uh, we're supposed to see uh, Rock and Brock uh, coming back. Merely a coincidence that their names rhyme. But, yes, they will be back tonight. Significant storylines tied with the both of them, Brock challenged by Triple H to a match at SummerSlam, which could have repercussions going forward into WrestleMania. And we know that The Rock has made mention of uh, that he wants to come down that ramp, holding the WWE title once again, which also could have ramifications going forward to WrestleMania. Uh, You know, it's interesting to start to speculate uh, what exactly is going to happen here going forward. But two guys that are going to have a, a tremendous impact on the storylines moving forward for the rest of uh, this year. Um, you know, I think that Brock, uh, I'd be shocked if there's any sort of... I, I, at some point, he's going to accept Triple H's challenge. Um, I, I don't think there's uh, much suspense there. Um, however, when it comes to The Rock, uh, his schedule and... No, we we have him come, and, you know, finally The Rock has come back, and he's never leaving again, and then he leaves. So, what does that all mean for us? What is The Rock going to do tonight? Is he going to announce a, uh, you know, going after the title? Is he going to announce uh, going to SummerSlam, uh, perhaps? Is he going to uh, be around a little more? (laughs) 
he's not going to be around a little more. But what what exactly is is the Rock meaning? He says he's he's looking to win that WWE title again. Now I'd like to get your thoughts on this. We've spoken about this before. I think that if done the right way, and that's a capital I and a capital F because we've had our criticism for WWE creative. Um, in the past, back in the day, and we're talking about the Raw 1000th episode, let's go back to a time years ago in the past, in years gone by, where there wasn't Monday Night Raw. And it shows that kind of just recapped different events at different arenas, and you didn't have that live show each and every week. And when they had Saturday Night's main event, it was a big deal because it was a live event. Uh, you know, once a month. Um, you didn't see a Hulk Hogan all the time. Which, depending on how you want to look at it, I can see both sides of the argument, but, you, you know, you're not seeing your champ, and that's a bad thing. But at the same time, it made the spe- it made the, the title special. It made it mean something. It was something so uh, lofty that uh, there were only certain times you were privileged to see it defended done the right way, can we do something? And I'm, I'm, actually, I'm asking you, Dave, can we have a storyline where The Rock comes back, he, let's just, let's just say SummerSlam, he, he says he's going to go after the title at SummerSlam, and he wins the belt, can the WWE create a scenario where he's a title holder, but we don't see him that often? And maybe we give the world championship a little bit more prestige and that's defended a little more on TV. And we see that maybe even it, it headlines a pay-per-view or two while the rock kind of sits on lofty perch as the WWE champ. I, I don't think we're going to see anything like that. Personally, I don't think that could work. I think that's going to, I mean, it ruffled a lot of feathers to begin with in the locker room from what I've heard that the rock was even going to be in a match at WrestleMania, let alone become the champion. Um, so, uh, I mean, if they were to do it, yeah, I could see your theory where they give the world championship a little more prestige, a little bit more in the spotlight. I mean, at the same time, if Rock were the champion, it's not like they, the WWE doesn't have talent to, you know, you got to look at it from all different aspects. Okay, it will help television ratings because people are going to be like, Oh my God! The Rock is the WWE champion. Is he going to show up on Raw this week, or you know, when is he going to defend the title again? It'll have that you know, never know what's going to happen feeling. But for the most part, knowing the way WWE creative works, they won't—they won't give you you know exactly what you want, and you'll just be left disappointed for a month or a couple of months if he's not on television. Um, the other thing is to um, house show attendance. WWE has been trying to work on making their house shows a little different, now a little more interactive with social media. Um, you know, they built a new set, designed a new set. They have, uh, you know, video promos from the guys in the back, um, trying to make it a little more interactive with the shows. Um, the only thing I could say that could help those shows, obviously, if Rock went on the road and did house shows, but he won't go on the road. Triple H doesn't go do house shows. Undertaker doesn't do house shows. Shawn Michaels didn't do house shows in his last run. Maybe a few in some big cities to help sell tickets, but for the most part, he didn't do them. Um, so, I mean, if Rock were the champ, they'd do okay at house shows. You just wouldn't have the title defended. It would be Cena, CM Punk, Randy Orton, Sheamus, those guys that are uh, that, that would be headlining those house shows. Um, so I don't think it's going to work. If Rock 
were to win the championship at some point, whether it's SummerSlam or around WrestleMania season, um, then that would mean that The Rock would have to be back in more of a full-time capacity for a short period of time. Whether he just works television and pay-per-views and doesn't work house shows, that that would probably be the case. Um, I don't think that they would take that chance and put the title on him and not have the championship defended. I mean, it would go against it would go against a lot of things in storylines too. I mean, Vince McMahon last year when that CM Punk thing happened, he was all about you know the WWE Championship is the most important thing in this company. If he were to leave with it, um, you know it's it's a travesty, it's a joke. I look like a fool, blah blah blah. If Rock were to win the title at SummerSlam and not defend it and not show up on television for two months at the most, three months, then it would almost be it would be worse than what happened with the CM Punk thing. You know what I mean? They would have to address that at some point. But do you um, think, it, it, like, going forward, though, if The Rock said – so you're saying that if, if The Rock – I mean, he said it. So who knows where they're going to go with it? I mean, do you think he's not going to win? Do you think he's – he's going to win and, and we're actually going to get a, a rock on a regular basis? Or do they go another direction and he wins the belt and, and retires as, as champ and they, you know, abdicate the throne, so to speak? Um, you know, I'm curious, like, if, if he said it, and look, to me, and we talked about it on this show, for business, for the company, for the future of the WWE, creatively, Cena should have won at WrestleMania, period. That's where they should have went with it. Um, and I think we were both in agreement that creatively, that's where they should have went. Uh, for the moment, being in Miami, yeah, totally worked The, the Rock winning and, and beating John Cena. So, you know, you can see both sides of it. But long term, to me, Cena should have won that bout. Um I don't know, like, where they can go now if, if The Rock is going to win the title. I mean, he said it. Did, did he just say it and he's not going to? I mean, I kind of feel like The Rock coming into WrestleMania and beating John Cena says to me that the WWE, Vince McMahon, and creative is going to do whatever The Rock wants them to do. And to me, that uh... screams, WrestleMania this year screams of, I'll come back, I'll wrestle in Miami, there's no way in hell I'm losing to John Cena. Those are my nah. demands. Make it work. No, so, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, considering the, the landscape of, of, of the, the fans and the company, um, you know, if I, I think it, I mean it was a smart move to have Rock win because it was in Miami. And let's face it, you and I are both big Hulk, Hulk Hogan fans. Okay, we didn't. When Hulk Hogan had that nostalgia run in 2002, 2003, and even in, or in 2005. We didn't pay to see Hulk Hogan lose. We paid to see Hulk Hogan win. We paid to see the Hulk Hogan of old. We got that. People are paying to see the Rock of old, kicking ass and taking names. He did that with John Cena. Will there be some point where, you know, he has a match and he passes the torch? Absolutely. There's two ways they can go with this storyline. Number one, he could win the championship early, like let's say Royal Rumble, and he's a full-time guy from during WrestleMania season up until WrestleMania. And let's say they do a storyline where he wins the belt, and that's how Cena gets his rematch. Let's say Cena wins at Elimination Chamber, or Rock you know, challenges him to face him for the belt. You get Cena-Rock, too, because they planted those seeds the night after WrestleMania. They planted the seed of Rock wanting to compete for the title, and they planted the seed of Cena and Rock eventually 
having another match again. So it's in the people's minds, at least. It's not in the forefront, but it's in their mind. So if you do Rock and Cena heading towards next year's WrestleMania for the belt, Rock has the championship, goes into WrestleMania, loses to Cena, Cena wins the belt, you're even at one apiece. Then you could set up a rubber match down the road for WrestleMania 30 if you want to, or even SummerSlam in 2013. Um, you know, that's, that, that's the one way you can go where he could win the belt, you know, and then go into WrestleMania as a champion. Or the other way, he wins it at WrestleMania, and then maybe he sticks around for a month and loses it, you know. So, I mean, like you said, people pay money now to see The Rock of old and The Rock to come out, you know, on top. And I don't think necessarily it's the, the demand of his by any stretch of the imagination. I think really, that, you really you don't think that I I totally think that I, I think the Rock think so. not, if if they told him he's going to lose he, he wouldn't have been there. No, I doubt that. I doubt that. He 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 put over. You know, I've heard nothing but professional things about him, and, and he lost to Shane Hurricane Helms on a TV show. Okay, on Monday Night Raw. You know, nine years ago. Okay, he put over Steve Austin at two WrestleManias. You know. He's, it's not like he's never wanted to do business before. I think personally when he left, he wanted to gain notoriety in movies. WWE obviously helped him, but he wanted to gain notoriety in, in the movie industry. And he didn't go back to wrestling simply for the fact that if he did from time to time back and forth, it would have hurt his movie career. Now he's established. Now he's he's there. He, he He's one of the top draws in the box office industry in the movies. He can go back and forth. He can go do wrestling and do movies, you know, back and forth because it's not going to hurt. It's not going to affect his movie career. They need more him more than he needs them. I don't think he put any kind of demands. I think he just personally, this is something for him to do. It's something for him, I guess, to prove to himself that he could still do it if he wanted to. I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I disagree. I think he wanted that that win. And I and, and stuff I have read that there is a general a genuine distaste bit between the two of them. Um I just don't think he was I mean oh, we'll no, see what happens in the future. I I think the, to me the rock that I see right now is a rock that thinks he's bigger than the business. And he's come back and he's the movie star and there's a lot of stuff that like I mean it's said in promos, but uh it, it rings true at least to this fan that he's a uh, you know, he's a movie star, and he's he's the big guy. He's going to come back, and he's going to get his moment. Um, if we do have that pass the touch match, I will give The Rock all the credit in the world. Since when I watch this match, and when I think back to the tradition, and I think I think back to Hogan-Andre, and Andre dropped that match to push Hogan, and, you know, when you had Hogan versus The Rock, and... You know, everyone in that arena would have loved to have seen Hogan go over on The Rock. And, you know, Hogan dropped that match to The Rock. And it just seemed like this was the next step. And, and it should have been uh, it should have been a passing of the torch match. However, it was, uh, you know, a padding of the ego match. And, and you know, Rock hey, got Rock, his moment. Rock dropped, the, Rock dropped the title to Brock Lesnar in 2002 before he left. He passed the torch to Lesnar. Look what happened. Two years later, Lesnar shit on that by leaving the company and leaving wrestling. And I, I get you there, but back then The Rock was not did not consider himself bigger than the business. I think his head's gotten a little bit big. It's different now. It's a different Rock coming back. Rock's the the, the wrestler that conquered Hollywood. He's the A list celebrity coming back. You know, he's coming back saying. And quite frankly, to be honest, as far as his image goes, and being an action movie star, at least trying to be an action movie star. 
coming out of the debacles like the tooth fairy, um, you know, trying to market himself. I mean, and I'm not going to say I fault the guy. If I'm trying to market myself as an action star, I'm not coming back and losing to John Cena. So I, I do I, – I, I tend to think The Rock probably had, you know, at least a, a strong opinion that, you know, I'm coming back, but, you know, I'm not losing this match. And that's – you sell WrestleMania through me. I am beating John Cena, and I, I would I would shocked if he came into the creative meetings and said, "Hey, hey guys, you know, whatever you want to do with me, I'll, I'm willing to do it." And they said, "All right, well, fine. Well, we're still going to have you in." Um, I I detect that, and I and that's why I have a lot of respect for Cena. Cena decided that you know he was okay. I mean, Cena could have pitched a hissy because if he did behind the scenes, but he dropped the match, um, which. You know, I have a lot of respect for for Cena. What do you guys think? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Give us a call. Let you know what you think. Um, we we're supposed to have Tony Atlas calling in at sixteen. He has yet to call in, so hopefully we'll get Tony on. But if not, we are going to plug away. We're going to get through this uh, great show so far. We're going to go out to the phones right now because we got Tony on the line. Tony, you there? Yep. How you doing, fellas? Doing all right. How are you? All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh... My God, they got the show like stacked tonight. You know, it's like they're, they're bringing everybody in. And they're bringing as many names in as possible. I, oh man, this should be. Uh, is, 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 like Tony, is it overkill or are you psyched for this? What's that? Do you think it's overkill the amount of names they're potentially going to be bringing on, or are you psyched to see all these guys? Yeah, I'm actually, I'll actually probably get uh, marked out a lot when they when they, you know, if they show up. You know, like well. Some of them, you know, it's like you, you, know, you see Hot Rod, you know, you know, Roddy Piper, or you know, Undertaker. Uh, you know, I mean, you see them. You know, it's like I'm, I'm always gonna pop tomorrow to see old guys. Um, but yeah, I, I actually am a little bit on the psych side. You know, a little psyched, you know, just because you know, without all these guys, the product is really not that, really not the greatest. So, which means you know, it's like, what's gonna happen next week when when the nostalgia acts aren't there? Because you know, I mean, you know, you're gonna have DX, and I guess I don't know, I don't know if the whole DX crew is gonna be there. Uh, you know, um, Waltman and um, UHL was, but uh, well, we're, we're hearing reports. That, uh, seems like the, the whole the whole gang is there. They are there. Okay. Waltman confirmed it on his Twitter. Road Dog works for the company, and Billy Gunn was spotted in the airport last night entering St. Louis. They wouldn't fly all these guys in if they weren't going to be, if, if you know, if they weren't going to have them on the show at some point. So, Waltman, Waltman confirmed it on his Twitter. He said, yes, I am going to be at the Thousand Throw episode. You think China will be there? You know oh, what? my God. I hope not. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because I mentioned it earlier. Vince said he's willing to bury the hatchet with just about everybody and put all grievances aside to, to make this show huge, you know, um, so I mean, it's it's a slight possibility, a small, you know, slight slight possibility. I I see it, but at the same time, knowing the public relations, you know, uh, minds in the WWE office, I don't think they want a a woman who is associated with the porn industry um, being a PG product, uh, being exactly being associated on a television product that's rated PG for kids. So um, I don't think she's – I think she's buried her, her own grave personally with some of the things she's had to say about Vince on Twitter. But if Vince is willing to let bygones be bygones, then have her there, I guess, as long as somebody helps her get up when she falls on her ass. 
And, and, you know, just putting it out there, though, I mean, you know, it's a peak product, and they probably wouldn't want, uh, you know, someone associated with the porn industry. But we here at Ken Reedy Show, we have nothing against the porn industry. Not at just all. Just thought it was important for us to put that out there, that the, the views expressed by the WWE in reference to pornography does not reflect the views of those of us on the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you very much. So, anyway, Tony, I'm curious. When, when exactly... When did you become a fan? Like, what? what's your era? When did you start watching wrestling? 92. Uh, the first the first event, uh, the first you know, pay-per-view I saw was the, the Rumble in Albany where Ric Flair won the title. So, uh, nice. so I've been, yeah, so yeah, I've, I've been a fan. Greatest for, Royal yeah. Rumble of all time, in my opinion, to this date. Definitely. I'll, I'll, I 100% agree with that one. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, like, you know, the first event you go to can really... You as a fan, uh, um, so you kind of you grew up uh, like little pre Attitude Era, then then right into the Attitude Era. Uh, going into tonight, um, who would you mark out for the 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 biggest? I don't even know how to like phrase that. Uh, not, yeah, who would you mark out for the most uh, if they showed up tonight? Oh my God, I don't know. There's so many names. Uh, It'd be cool if, like, you know, to see, like, uh, I don't know if this will happen, but if, like, the Warrior were to show up. Oh. <laughs> oh. You'll hear, unfortunately, the, the, this show will be subjected to hearing about him um, in the, uh, the the Day 5 report this week. But continue on, Tony. Okay. <laughs> so he, um, he was your guy? What? He was your guy? Like, he was your fave? Um... Not really. Well, back in the day, yeah, you know, I mean, I like, I, you know, I liked his gimmick and everything, but you know, I was more of, a, I was more of a Hulk Hogan fan than that I was a uh, warrior, yeah. but you know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Walker. you know. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I mean, when they had that, ma- I mean, I wasn't watching in 1990 when they had that match at WrestleMania six, but you know, I did see it, you know, years later, and I was just like, you know, I, I didn't even, know, I was just like, oh shit, Warrior won. The blackest day in the history of Hulkamania. It was. I, I shed a tear, honestly, you know, but not really. But, yeah, it was and sad. Folks, Ken, and, folks, Ken was 39 back then when that match happened, so you can oh, imagine at that age. He was I crying. actually would have like, I was hit by a vampire, like, at that moment. Like, so I'm 39. Oh, my God. Yeah, We're going off the rails in a hurry here. Yeah, well, hey. That's what the truth for. Yeah, we're going off the rails. What the hell, you know I mean? It's all fun, right? What else are you looking forward to at Night Raw? Um, but see, what else is that? You know, the the uh, obviously Rock you know, showing up. I mean, it should be. Um, you know, he, he's always he's always very uh, char- you know he's he's always very charismatic on the mic. You know, he always does good promos. I mean, he'll he'll throw up. Obviously, so what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on the Rock? Tony, what are your thoughts on the Rock and him saying he wants to be WWE champ again? I and mean, where do you think? Uh, you know, or just speculating, predicting. Uh, where do you think they go right now with The Rock? Uh, I don't know. It's too, it might be a little too soon to, uh, to figure out right now. But you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Rock as a champion. I mean, I'm, I personally don't think. I, I don't think. I don't think they need to do it. I don't think he needs to. They need to put the belt back on him. You know, because I mean, the guy is. You know, he's a man, a made guy. You know, I mean, he. You know, he left to go. You know, to be a movie star. And uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, you know, having him and Cena. You know, if they want to do him and Cena again, you know, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know, maybe if they'll do it. I don't know if they'll set it up at SummerSlam, maybe just to have a second one, and then Cena can you know can tie it up, and then they can do another one at WrestleMania. To, um, what is it, twenty nine, whatever? But uh, it doesn't. Yeah, but um, Rock got it in my eyes. You know, it's like I, I don't think he needs the belt. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna if they're gonna put it on him, you know, I mean, it'd be, be kind of weird, you know, because like I say, you know, it's like he. To, to one of the champions would be off making movies for a while, you know. It's like it's going to be, I don't know. I think it'd be, I think it'd be kind of strange, you know, because well, you know, like the last time he had it, it was he only had it for a month, and I think he was, you know, I, mean, I don't know, it was before he was, you know, on his way out, on his way out when uh, Lesnar when he dropped it to Brock ten years ago, SummerSlam. But um, I say right now, I I don't think he needs to be, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think he um, needs a belt, you know, because he he's he's you know. Yeah, definitely, you know. Great one. All right, Tony, always Great. a pleasure. Good. Uh, Tony is our guest blogger. He guest blogs. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading Tony's 1,000th Raw blog. Uh, he blogs all the wrestling shows each and every week for us at thekenreedyshow.com. So uh, check out the website, read Tony's blogs. Tony, always a pleasure. Looking forward to talking to you next week. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take it easy. That Tony. And he is a kick-ass blogger. Go to the website. Check out his blogs. I mean, really, if you miss a show. You um, know what I do? Read his blogs. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, when I read it. his blogs, I like almost have to like close my eyes at some point to imagine if I miss the show. To I DVR all the shows. But if, I, if I've read his blogs three times, he is very in-depth. He's even down to, like, the commercial breaks. Like, I think one of his blogs, he, like, plugged, like, a commercial, like, for TNA that, like, they do that, like, direct auto insurance. Like, he's, like, so in-depth. Like, it's it's it, it's awesome. You don't see that too much these days. You just get some, some Hammenager that gets on the that gets on the computer and types and sits there for four hours sweating his, his, his tail off, putting, you know, putting their blog in, and it's like, uh, Frankie Kazarian beat AJ Styles with a roll-up at 6 minutes and 23 seconds, and then the next segment, Sting came out and called out Bobby Roode. Like, it's like, it's just easy. I didn't know the teacher from Ferris Bueller has a wrestling blog. <laughs> That was a good one. You know, I didn't even. You know, I don't even know where I came up with that. To be honest with you, but it's you know, funny because like through now, I don't know like but through the the speakers and and the headphones and and the computer and everything, yeah, it sounded almost just like him. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Impressive. Um, but yeah, you know, when I read his blogs, honestly, I, you know, look, that's the term nowadays. Uh, I get it. It's blogging, but you know, it's it's almost an insult to Tony's blogs to call it. Blogging. It, it's like a novelization, a short novel, if you will. Like if you read a really good novelization based on a movie, that's almost what this is like. It's just a really, it really paints the picture for you. So, you know, you have one of those nights where the DVR craps out and you don't get a chance to see one of the shows. Really, go to our website and check out his blogs. They are very thorough. They really paint the picture um, and you know what? Right now, go to our website and check out our poll question. Who is the greatest superstar wrestler in the Raw era history? I uh, want to get your votes. We're going to go, go through that in the second hour. Surprising results so far. So if you want your vote heard, if you're going to be one of those guys who's going to listen to the results and say, oh, my God, he's so not the best, well, then get out there and vote. Get on the website. Go and vote. So the guy that you want to be number one, perhaps.
perhaps gets the number one spot. And if you want to call in and debate it, let's call in 347-838-9815. is the number to call for the best in pro wrestling talk. Talk to us about anything you want. We are in a raw pregame spectacular talking about WWE Raw's 1000 episode. And one of the things that we're going to, I guess, here tonight um, is we're going to get our new GM, supposedly, um, after the absolute debacle of the anonymous GM being revealed to be Hornswoggle, of all people, um, even though he had just received the gift of speech a mere few months ago at Christmas time from Santa Claus, he had been the anonymous GM for quite some time. So did not have the gift of speech, but was adept at using the computer. Um, now we're going to get a true GM. And I'm going to hand it off here to Dave because you had a, a really good uh, idea. And this, again, is purely speculation. We have heard... Nothing of this, but if the WWE went in this direction, I think it would be a kick-ass direction, and I think it's more possible than maybe some might think. But what are your thoughts on the GM? Well, with the advent of social media um, in uh, today's landscape of wrestling and in just overall in pop culture and in, in, uh, in, in society, um, WWE has invested money in the new social media for, format known as Tout, where you post 15-second videos, and it's like Twitter but with a video. And um, The idea of going three hours for Raw is to expand their, uh, their, their social media platform using ideas where they uh, you know, have fans choose matches and character development and you know, giving... Uh, Given, given the audience the the, uh, the opportunity to be a part of the show, it wouldn't surprise me if, as the thousandth episode of Raw takes place tonight, Vince McMahon were to come out and appoint the new GM, the WWE Universe, where they can, you know, choose matches, stipulations, you know, makes you feel a little more part of the show. I mean, you know, some kid out in, you know, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, posts a video on Tout saying, you know, they should uh, have CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler compete in a ladder match for the WWE Championship tonight on Monday Night Raw. You know, not only would it make that fan feel pretty cool that they aired this video on, on on TV, but also make him feel even cooler that he was a part of making or bringing that idea to the forefront, um, you know, to on television. So... I could, as a thank you for the for for, for getting to a thousand episodes of Raw because of the WWE fans, I wouldn't be surprised if they if 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 that were to be the uh, the uh, you know um, how do I say it? The, the announcement as far as the general manager goes. I've thought of other ideas too, maybe even uh, you know each week it's a new legend. Um, you know, I mean they they have enough of those legends that they use from time to time that you know it could last for you know six months to a year. You know, so I mean, but the the I I have a feeling this might be a possibility that because they really haven't hyped it up too much. The general manager being announced on this RAW, they brought up you know Rock returning, Lesnar challenging you know accepting Triple H's challenge possibly the DX reunion, the AJ and Daniel Bryan wedding. They got this that hasn't really even been touched upon in recent weeks. So. I, I could see this just being something out of left field, but I could also be like see it being, you know them announcing somebody you wouldn't expect, and it'd be a big disappointment. 
You know, I don't think they've put enough attention on this general manager thing in the past few weeks. So who knows where they're going to go with it. Um, I just hope that if they do pick a general manager, if it's somebody on television, you know, somebody on the current roster, number one, it makes sense. Number two, that this person sticks around for a while. Um, But at the same time, you know, I I don't want to – the general manager thing is kind of getting old. You know, when we were younger, there was President Jack Tunney, who was the president. Yeah. You didn't see him on TV every week. He was only around when the big decisions were made. Um, Yeah, like when the WWE's title was vacated because Earl Hefner had – had uh, the plastic surgery, and there was another guy who looked just like Earl Hefner because they had the surgery. And you know how much of the plastic surgery, brother? Then the title was vacated, and then 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 you saw Jack Tunney make his pivotal announcement going into WrestleMania Four. Yeah, I mean, there's either, you know a few months ago when this whole Ric Flair TNA dispute began, he left the company. For you know, first story of the week was he's just you know the rumors that he was a shoe in to be the GM. Everyone thought it'd be a great role for him. We had a discussion with Dave LaGreca a few weeks ago about Ric Flair. Maybe he shouldn't necessarily be a part of wrestling right now and get his, you know, get get his act together in, in his social life, um, in his personal life. But, uh, you know, there's been talk about him. He's been spotted in St. Louis. So um, who knows where they're going to go with that. I hope, to be honest with you, I hope whatever it is, it's a surprise that has not even been rumored about on the Internet that they've been keeping under wraps. Because that's that, that's the best right there. That, to, to, to a wrestling fan, it's like, oh my god! Like, you know, I'll nod my head in approval and be like, damn, they got me! Like, I didn't see that coming. That's cool. You know, I'm not like most of these marks who be like, oh, I told you so. I told you. I've been saying that for weeks. Like, no, that's not me. Um, I just hope. I just hope we get a good payoff. I mean, I, I'd like to. It's funny because I love the idea of WWE Universe being the, the GM. I, I think that would work really well. Um, because essentially, I mean, even when they did like the, the guest GMs, the guest GMs didn't do much uh, of actual GMing. Um, I don't, I, you know, it's funny. In theory, it's like you know, Ric Flair. I, I don't know if I want to see him as GM. I, you know, if they brought someone in to be the GM, I would almost want it to be maybe not an unknown, but a, a lesser known. Like I like the fact that. You know, when when Vicky was the GM, you kind of knew her as the GM. She didn't have an, uh, an old wrestling career that, that you looked back on. Um, you know, she was that sort of role, manager slash uh, uh, GM. You know, Teddy Long grew into that role. You know, and when, you know, if you ask somebody, any wrestling fan, who's Teddy Long? The first thing that's going to jump to their mind is, is GM, SmackDown GM. He's, he's done other things in the business. He's left in the business. But he grew into that role of GM. You bring up Ric Flair, and I'm not going to – look, he's going to be entertaining. The guy's gifted on the mic. I get it. I and mean, There's no two ways about it. Um, I'm not saying he wouldn't give us entertaining television. However, I, I'd like to see a GM that kind of grows into the role of GM. Someone you know, who's kind of a – more professional kind of thing, you know. I, I mean, I know it, it probably would never happen, but I would love to see, like, even if a Shane McMahon came back and, and w- was taking the, the GM role, that would be something that I could get into. He's an office type. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't really want to see a, a former wrestler jumping in as as a GM. Uh, I want to see a, an actual kind of GM type. 
where you I know, think I what you know who was a good GM that like he had a couple of runs and like he was he, he did well in the position he was in, but he's now he's not really on television much. In fact, he's been relegated to doing commentary on NXT. Is uh, William Regal? He was. I mean, people didn't like him, but at the same time. He had that character where he was the GM, he was the boss. He didn't care if people liked him, but he, at the same time, he made he made semi-fair decisions and, and was kind of, like, on the fence. I mean, he didn't necessarily, like, favor the heels like most GMs do, you know. Or uh, I would like to see maybe him come back. He's a good talker. He's very articulate. And I, I, he fit, that's a role that has fit him well in the past few years. You know, he was the commissioner of the WWF at one time. So... Uh, that if any former, you know, you mentioned former wrestlers, you didn't want to see him come back to be the GM. If any former wrestler were to come back, I'd like to see him come back personally and give him a spot on the show because he's ultra talented, and I don't think he gets enough credit for, uh, for, for you know, for the contributions he's made in the wrestling business. He helped. He was one of the guys that helped train Daniel Bryan, you know, and look yeah. where Daniel Bryan is now. So, um, excellent name, excellent name you brought up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Any, if they're going to bring back a former wrestler. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, William Regal. And he, he's, you're right, he does not get nearly the credit he deserves. Um, and the thing is, like what you were saying before, like the guest legends, I kind of want to see a, I, I want to see a GM. I, I don't want to see a new GM each and every week. I, I don't want to see you know, uh, the, the uh, stars or the, the uh, celebrities, you know, I don't want to see. I, I want to see a GM if they're going to go this route. I don't think the GM is necessary. Um, wrestling exists exists just fine beforehand. And the funny thing is that years ago, before they were admitting uh, that it was scripted in sports entertainment, they didn't have a GM. Which, when you think about it, back then it probably would have worked uh, better. Uh, nowadays, like knowing we know it's scripted, you know, years ago we thought Vince McMahon was just an announcer. We know Vince runs everything. We know what goes on. We know who's really pulling the strings. We know that the GM is just a character. Um, it, it, to me, it, it's fairly unnecessary. Uh, Teddy Long has made it work. Uh, he has made that character work as a GM. Uh, you know, it's been entertaining at times. Uh, you know. I don't mind him. And if you're, if you're going to deem the, the character, the game character is necessary, um, I, I'd like to see some continuity with the character. So let's bring in, uh, you know, someone that we're going to keep. I, I mean, to me, minimum, you're keeping the raw GM till WrestleMania. Minimum. Um, if you go the fan route, okay, I mean, I, I get it. It's a new technology. Let's see how it works out. You know, maybe it sucks and they have to change it. So I'll give the WWE a pass if, you know, they uh, they decide that that's not working. Because it's something new and interesting. And you know what? Sometimes when you try something new and interesting, it does work. So if they scrap that because it sucks, fine. But if they decide to go with an actual GM, to me, they got to keep the GM for a chunk of time. I'm getting tired of the changing. I... You know, as annoying as the anonymous GM storyline was, the fact that they just dropped it for a chunk of time was really stupid. Um, you know, I just hope they don't they don't screw the pooch uh, going into this uh, GM 
storyline. But I do like I, I, if I'm going to go with a a celebrity, a celebrity, a uh, former superstar, I would definitely go with a, a William Regal. Uh, as far as Flair goes, and Flair, if he's actually back in the fold, and we talked about it uh, on that show a few weeks ago, um, I would love to see him as a manager. And I think some of these old-timers coming back as managers for guys who can't talk, because there's a lot of guys that can't talk, uh, that would work for him. Or if, if he got a job with the network and was hosting some uh, throwback show, I think uh, those would be the roles suited for a fair if, if the WWE is bringing him back into the fold. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, uh, one guy I'd like to see in particular, if Ric Flair were to come back in the fold, actually, it was rumored about a month or so ago that they wanted to pair him up with Dolph Ziggler. But Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero, that act is still, it's not getting old. It's it, it's still drawing heat on him. Even though some of the, 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 the marks out there, you know, myself included, are fans of Dolph Ziggler's in-ring work and what he brings to the table, he still draws heat because he's standing next to that heat magnet, Vicky Guerrero. So you break that up, you you got a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. So the idea of putting Flair with Ziggler, all right, it will legitimize him and make him a bigger name by getting the rub, being alongside Ric Flair. But at the same time, it, it, <clears throat> how long is that going to last? You know, Personally, in my opinion, if there's one individual – on the roster, or maybe two, I'd say two. If there were two individuals on the roster who could use a manager, not necessarily because they can't talk, but to get them further up the, the card and break through the glass ceiling, my opinion, it's Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett. Both guys are, like, super close to getting to the main event level. Barrett was almost there. In fact, Barrett was rumored to win a rumored Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania if he didn't get hurt. And then they scrapped the whole idea and came up with the Team Teddy versus Team Johnny storyline. And the other thing, too, with Cody, you know, if you, it would be ironic that Ric Flair is managing his most hated rival son in the WWE. You know, you could open up the door to bring back Dusty Rhodes, you know, to do something with the two of them if they were, you know, uh, if, if they went that route. So I think it would be a good fit for Cody and Flair or even Flair and Wade Barrett. But both guys can talk, so it's not like they need Flair, but I think it would help them go up further if they had Flair's endorsement and, you know, tagging along with him on television. I agree. And, and the other thing also is that, the, I mean, you know, the Ziggler can talk. You know, Zig, Ziggler's yeah. there. I don't think he needs a, a Ric Flair to put him over, so to speak. So, um, you know, who knows where they're going to go with, with Rick, if they're going to go anywhere. I mean, if we're, I mean, we're speculating that he's going to have anything to do with uh, uh, tonight's episode. He could just be in St. Louis to uh, pal around and, and socialize. Maybe he's not on TV. I mean, there's still a lot of heat between the WWE and TNA. Who knows uh, where we're going to go uh, with, with that uh with Ric Flair and what if they did Ric Flair doing a commercial for that Be a Star Bully campaign after he just got his ass kicked by his wife? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, I've been bullied before by my <laughs> wife. Woo! Right. Yeah, he needs to go. They need to get Ric Flair visiting schools to tell kids like to stop <laughs> bullying. Don't get married. Your wife's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Could you imagine like being a being a young, say, sixth, seventh grader and, and sitting in a inebriated Ric Flair stumbles in and talks to you with about... With his robe on. 
With his With robe his... on. <laughs> Got to wear the robe. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Kids, <laughs> let me tell you. Woo! And then the you all right, like, Space Mountain? <laughs> then, the, then the kids are sitting next to each other, poking each other like, who's this old asshole wearing a robe <laughs> with sparkles? This is Nature Boy. <laughs> it's like, where's John Cena? <laughs> Oh, wow. poor Rick. Poor really Rick. gone off the It's entertainment, folks. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, we got the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw, 347-889-815. is the number to call on the special Monday night edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, one of the things also I, I'd like to, to talk about, um, any any guys you think are going to show up you brought him up recently. Do do we have a Wade Barrett sighting tonight? Do we see some guys that have uh, been hurt who are, are not necessarily returning superstars, but uh, you know, guys who have been off TV for uh, one reason or another? Do we do we see them tonight? Um, I it wouldn't surprise me if we did, but I mean, you mentioned Wade Barrett. Um, Wade Barrett we was reported uh, just uh, I think it was Friday. Friday, Saturday, excuse me, that um, they do have a plan in place, a creative plan to bring Wade Barrett back at some point this summer. However, Wade Barrett, most likely that plan is going to come in place probably starting the night after SummerSlam. Um, that's one name that uh, that, that could be um, – it's possible, but him and then Evan Bourne even went on Twitter um, this afternoon and said, I will not – be the thousandth episode of Raw, but when I do come back, it will be hashtag epic. So um, take that for what it's worth. But those guys, I don't see. I mean, it's possible. You never know. I mean, they're they're pulling out all the stops tonight. You know, for all I know, they, I mean, Christ, they got May Young. May Young's like eighty-eight, eighty-nine years old. You know what I mean? They wheeled her. They're gonna wheel her old ass out on TV, which is entertaining. So they they, they can do just about anything at this point. You think she's ridden space on? Oh, you kidding me? She probably helped build Space Mountain when Space Mountain was getting built. She was probably around when the blueprint started on the old scroll. She's so old that they had horse and buggies for drivers for, for cars. It wasn't even a blueprint. There was a scroll. The scroll, yeah, exactly. Like the chiseled stone. Like they probably like built the thing on like some rock, like out in the desert. And, you know. They, you know, I mean, my favorite thing about Mae Young is, is when she comes out how nervous everyone else looks. Like, it's just oh, like yeah, pile as many people into the ring as possible with her because she's going to flash the camera. She's going to straddle someone. She's going to do something that she's not supposed to do. And they, they always send out, like, the entire diva locker, and you could just see the looks on their faces like, right, when she starts to do something inappropriate, pull her back. Just pull her back. And it's like she's out there having a blast. She looks like she... Is is happy as a clam out there, uh, and and everyone else that happens to be in the segment with her looks nervous as hell every time she's on TV, and that for me is the most entertaining aspect of when when May Young uh, appears. Who knows? Who knows? You know? You know? She's going to she'll probably make an attempt to flash the crowd. Will she be quicker than the divas closest to her? Tune in tonight for the thousandth episode. Of Monday Night Raw. Remember when they did that old school Raw and she 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 called the she called Lay Cool Sluts and she cursed yeah. in the air. 
Like, and, like even the group standing behind him were like, oh, my God, like, they let her say that? Or, like, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that was scripted, but, you know, she, she, uh, it was, it was just so funny. You didn't expect it at that time. It's, you know, PGWWE, so. She's the best. She got, didn't she have, like, an anchor tattoo on her forearm? Like, how do you not just Yeah, I think, personally, she's going to be involved in some skits leading up to the wedding. Like, she's going to be, like, you know, like, at, at the, at the bat, like, they'll show clips of, like, the bachelorette party earlier in the day, like, where she gets all hammered and, you know, her and AJ, you know, are, are palling around at the bachelorette party. Or she's going to try and object to Daniel Bryan and AJ getting married to try to make out with Daniel Bryan or something. They're going to make her look like some old old booze bag on the show, you know? Like what are the always, odds of her jumping out of a cake for Daniel Bryan's bachelor party? Exactly. Something along those lines. Yeah, I could just see that happening. You know what I mean? Daniel Bryan's best man is Doink the Clown. And, you know, like I could see some of those legends, too, like sitting in the audience of the wedding and wherever they set the wedding up, if it's in the ring or if it's on the stage, you know, stuff like that. Like I think that's where they're going to use these legends, like, you know, these odd pairings of people, you know. You'll see, like, Road Warrior Animal with, like, a bow tie, but he's still got the spikes and his paint on, you know? <laughs> so Damn! You think we'll have, like, a, a, a peening yes-what champ tonight? You know what? It was funny. My brother and I were just talking about this. Like, let's say, for instance, if Steve Austin were to be the best man, and Daniel Bryan turns around and goes, where's the ring? And he goes, what? And then he goes, what ring? He goes, oh, the engagement ring. And then Daniel Bryan goes, yes! And then he's like, what? Like, they just do, like, yes and what back and forth, and they get the crowd going. I could see something like that, you know. I mean, well, he, we we well, even have Stone Cold marry the to him. Do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Yes. What? I haven't told yes. to, to what? and clean the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> to open up the fattest can of whoop ass when she don't show up after curfew. <laughs> You have tuned in to the Ken Reedy Show. Give us a 347-838-9815, a special 1,000th Raw edition. Check out our website, kenreedyshow.com. I'll answer our poll question, who is the greatest wrestler of the Raw era? It's time for our break. On the other side of the break, we're going to be discussing three-hour Raws coming up in the not-too-distant future. Good idea or colossal mistake? Stay tuned to the other side of the hour. Attention wrestling fans, M&J Collectibles, the T-Zone, Sports, and the KenReedyShow.com, and the Top Rope present WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart, Saturday, July 28th from 5 to 7 at the Enfield Square. An ex-WWE TNA star, Matt Hardy, with Revy Sky, Saturday, August 4th, 2 to 5 p.m. at the Enfield Square, 90 Elm Street, Enfield, Connecticut. For more information, dial 860-756-6522 or 860-741-6227. This is your Day 5 report here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our top story this week is a follow-up story from last week regarding Viacom and DirecTV's dispute over rights fees to air Viacom content such as Spike TV's TNA Impact Wrestling. It's now been revealed that on Friday this, the dispute has come to a stop and DirecTV subscribers will be able to watch TNA Impact Wrestling once again. As a part of the new agreement, subscribers will be able to watch Viacom Network on laptops and tablets via the Direct TV Everywhere platform app. So far, this is good news for TNA and TNA fans who are Direct TV subscribers. In our second story, 
Whenever you hear about the Ultimate Warrior in the rumor mill, nothing good can come out of it. And nothing has in this case, as Mr. Warrior has been accused of fraud. Christopher Elias alleges that he paid Warrior $28,000 in exchange for classic merchandise, signed championship belts, and WrestleMania posters, and claims that Warrior did not live up to his end of the bargain. Warrior's camp released this statement through TMZ.com this past week, citing, Mr. Elias' allegations of criminal fraud are completely unfounded, ill-advised, and unfortunate. This is a purely civil matter that is in the process of being resolved by our attorney. In our third story this week, DNA Wrestling has signed third-generation superstar Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero has been a free agent since being released from WWE early last year and has worked for TNA's Ring Ta King promotion in India. The announcement was made Thursday by Dixie Carter on Twitter and then on Impact later that evening. Chavo is set to debut next week on Impact Wrestling. Dolph Ziggler has filed a formal complaint with WWE officials, according to SuperLuchas.net, concerning one Sin Cara. During last Sunday's World Championship Money in the Bank contract ladder match, both competitors were on the top rope, and it looked like Sin Cara was going to perform the Spanish Fly on Ziggler, a top rope moonsault with Cara holding Ziggler and flying simultaneously in the air together and crashing to the mat, when both individuals slipped and fell to the mat off the top rope. Ziggler was livid backstage, citing Sin Cara did not protect him while attempting the move. Given the reputation Sin Cara has gained since joining WWE last year, it sounds like Sin Cara is once again in the proverbial doghouse. And in our final story of this week, TMZ.com has reported that John Cena and his now ex-wife Liz Schuberdow are officially divorced and both have both individuals have settled out of court. Huberdow's attorney, Raymond Rafool, who was famous for representing Linda Hogan when she financially raped Hulk Hogan, stated to TMZ.com that the matter is being taken care of privately and there is a settlement between the two of them that they will handle out of court. And those are your top stories this week. This is a Day 5 report brought to you by me, Diamond Dave. Now let's get back to you, Ken. Nice job, Dave. Thanks a lot for uh, our news updates. And, uh, uh... Yeah, so let's talk about Dolph Ziggler and, uh, you know, what's going on with, uh, Ziggler winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. The Obviously, that's an important one because that's the next big push. And, uh, you know, we debated and everyone on the show here. We were talking either Ziggler... Or Cody Rhodes, the heir apparent uh, to uh, the WWE throne. Um, your thoughts on Ziggler being the guy? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think he's ready for it. He gets a reaction. Uh, he's talented in the ring. He can go. He's reliable. He's exciting to watch. Um, I wouldn't say he's the second coming of Shawn Michaels, but as far as in-ring work goes, but, um, you know, he's doing everything he possibly can to get himself over, and being with Vicky Guerrero helps, too. Um, you know, he's a go-to guy, and I think that they're ready to reward him with something. Um, hopefully he's not going to be the first individual to cash in the Money in the Bank contract and unsuccessfully 
you know, come out unsuccessful with a cha- without a title. But, um, you know, he's uh, I I got they got nothing good but good things to say about him. Um, I like watching him. Um, he's my guy when it comes to I'm not changing the channel like we've talked about in the past. Your guy's Bully Ray, mine's Dolph Ziggler. So, uh, but I just hope that um. This this push, uh, you know, plus I like seeing fresh new talent in the top of the, you know, in the top of the heap, you know, working with, uh, you know, guys like John Cena and Randy Orton. And I brought it up a few, you know, a few months back. Ziggler had a main event Raw match with John Cena that went 15 minutes and with, like, one commercial break, I think. Um, and he had a hell of a match. It was just, it was, the crowd was up and down. They told a great story. And Ziggler, of course, you know, he'll, uh, you know, he, he could sell red meat to a uh, to to a vegetarian if he wanted to. That's how good he is. So, um, you know, nothing more to say. Just I, I enjoyed it. Bottom yeah, line. That's fine. I mean, look, I, and I love Ziggler too. Um, personally, my feelings. I kind of felt like Cody Rhodes more ready to take that next step into the main event. Um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know. If he's ready to be that that main event guy, to me, like Cody Rhodes is is there. He's ready to take that next step. Um, you know, I'm not sure if I'm. Um, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I love the guy. I love what he brings to the table. I just, I you know, I, I, when I was thinking of who's ready to take that next step, uh, my thoughts were uh, Cody Rhodes over uh, Dolph Ziggler, but um, by a slim margin. I'm not saying Ziggler's completely not ready. I just thought that. Uh, Cody Rhodes looked more ready, uh, more mature, uh, ready to take that step uh, than than Ziggler. Your thoughts on Cody? I like Cody, and I think he'll eventually get there. Um, the other thing too, I think that management looks for is you know the dedication in uh, in, in the talent and uh, you know promoting the company. And uh, you know I don't see too many interviews with you know radio interviews, newspaper interviews, what have you, with Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, out there. Um, in the past week, I've seen nothing but Dolph Ziggler interviews talking about, you know, uh, favorite wrestler he works with currently, which is Kofi Kingston, uh, favorite wrestler he'd ever want to work with that doesn't wrestle anymore, Shawn Michael. I mean, he's, you know, he's all over. You know, he, he promotes the hell out of the show. He promotes the hell out of the company. And they look for somebody like that. John Cena does that. Miz has done it. Um, you know, and they, they look to see who is dedicated. Not saying that Cody Rhodes isn't, because I think Cody Rhodes is a very dedicated performer. He's always changing up his look. Um, you know, he's very talented at what he does in the ring, on the microphone. Um, I think that they got another plan for him, and I think because he's a second-generation talent that he doesn't necessarily need that money in the bank. It would help if he had it, but they know that they can do they – can, they know they can get to the top of the mountain with him um, in another way, whereas Ziggler – He's not a second-generation guy, but he gets it. He understands it, and money in the bank would greatly help him. I mean, if you think about it, you know, he's with Vicky Guerrero, too, who's, like I said, she's a heat magnet. If he didn't need it, why would they put her with him? You know what I mean? So he's kind of coming to his own, and I think money in the bank would help him more than it would it would benefit Cody. Points. Let's, uh, uh, <laughs> so let's go ahead. There we go. I was like, let's go out to the phones and the the uh, and the call just dropped. I think uh, our friend Dank was on the line and uh, the call just dropped. So uh, call back, Dank, and we'll get you on the line. Uh, must, be rainstorm, must be another rainstorm in Florida. That he's going to complain about. Yeah, I can't imagine what he's going to ask us. You know, if you 
If you took the number of title reigns by John Cena and multiplied it by pi, what color George will he be wearing tonight? <laughs> what if Seamus got a tan by lying in a tanning booth? Would that help him get a longer reign as world champion? What are your thoughts on that? He just said, thank me my head hurt when he asks questions. And I really should not be thinking that hard when it comes to pro wrestling. But that's why I love Dank. So uh, give us a call. Uh, let's talk some wrestling with the Dank. But we teased before going into the break. So let's, let's hit it now. The big thing. We got a thousandth, one thousandth episode of Monday Night Raw. And it's going to be three hours. And Raw will be going to three hours Every single Monday night, Dave, good or a bad thing? I don't know. I mean, on paper, you say, yeah, it's bad. Um, but let's hope that they, that you know, that they learn from WCW's mistake. You know, Nitro went three hours. And I remember watching one of the early three-hour Nitros. I was excited because it's, oh, great, it's more wrestling. You know what I mean? The first hour, they open up the show with the credits. They do the pyro, show everybody chanting in the arena. They get to the announcers, what they're going to preview for the show. And then they show, like, 12 video packages on, like, Glacier and, you know, Ernest the Cat Miller and Okerlund does an interview with the West Texas Rednecks or something. I mean, I, I forget what it was. Then the NWO showed up, but they just showed them coming into the arena, not in the, not in the ring. And then, like, the second hour started with matches. It was like an hour of wasted television time for that. And then I read, I've read stories over the years that the first hour, they wouldn't even know what they're doing even going into the first hour when they start the show. Like Booker T told the story once that they just threw him out there in the first hour because to have a match with somebody because they had no clue what they were doing. I don't think WWE's going to get to that point. But I think that they have a plan that they're going to go in place with, with this tout, this social media. I think you're going to see at least the first hour, uh, one of the hours at least, to be social media heavy with voting of matches and, and uh, you know, tout videos and uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all this other stuff. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't know what to expect. Like I said, on paper it could be bad, but if they got a plan in place, they know what to do, then maybe it will work. Who knows? I hope it's not, you know, boring, but at the same time, I, I, I don't think it's the best idea because it's, you're not going to have, well, the three-hour Raws that we used to enjoy talking about coming up, the themed ones that they would do as specials, it's not going to happen anymore because every Monday night you're going to have a three-hour Raw, so it's not going to be special. Tonight it's going to be a little different. Tonight we're going to have a three-hour Raw. However, I read that WWE has paid extra money to USA Network to go possibly 30 to 45 minutes over the end time of the show. So that could My be God. To, that could be close to four hours of wrestling tonight. So this wow. better be a kick ass show if it's gonna be four hours of wrestling with commercials. I'll tell you that right now. Because if they go thirty to forty five minutes on the overrun, we got an issue. This wrestling fan's got an issue. And that's I mean the thing is also I mean it's not special anymore like you said. And you know there's also like just I mean, we're, we're all human beings. I mean, is, is you know, I love vanilla ice cream, but do I necessarily want to eat a gallon of it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I love wrestling. But now on a, on a pay-per-view weekend, like we're getting a six-hour um, WrestleMania weekend, a seventh hour of, of wrestling in a two-day span, 
a work day, essentially a work day of wrestling to watch in a two-day span. I mean, to me, like, and, and it's also like they've kind of set themselves up in a bad place uh, that tonight is going to be epic with all the guys that are scheduled to appear. And, and I don't doubt, look, they, WWE does a good, good job with pomp and circumstance, and I can see tonight being entertaining. However, then next week, next week it's just a normal three-hour Raw. You know, let's just say everyone we've speculated to appear appears tonight. So it, it's a kick-ass three-hour extravaganza. You know what? Then next week, got three hours without Ric Flair, without Hacksaw Jim Douglas, without all these stars, without even a Mae Young, without, you know, any everyone who's going to show up, without the excitement of, you know, wondering who's going to come down that ramp. Um, you just got to go back to business as usual. And what I'm thinking about is I've watched some of the two-hour Raws, and especially recently two-hour Raws before the pay-per-view. That the bulk of the two hours is elongated promos and video packages recapping the storylines. And it gets a little tedious. A third hour of that? I don't know. I'm a little nervous. We're going to go out to the phones. Cole, are you there? Hello? Hello. Hey, how are you? How you guys doing? Good. I'm actually at the Peppermill South in Congers, and I am here waiting for you guys to show up to Ken Reedy's show for the uh, post-show hundredth, uh, thousandth episode of Raw Party. So uh, I just Peppermill wanted to call. Hundredth episode of Raw. How many drinks have you had? <laughs> I had only half a beer. Settle down. Um, anyway, and then dollar tacos. Gotta throw in dollar tacos. Uh, dollar tacos. Chicken. That's, <laughs> that's anyway, just actually, if the three-hour Raws suck. Just remember, you can go to the pepper milk for dollar tacos. Yeah. Well, actually, what I wanted to, I wanted to say a couple of things. One is that there are a couple of people here tonight. I mean, there's a bunch of our people, but there's some people here tonight that have been out while we've been out the last few uh, last few months watching Raw, and they're actually excited. And they said we are the reason they got back into it. So it's going to be a good crowd tonight. Yeah. Um, We're changing minds. We are changing minds out there. We are. No we are. The importance of this show. What did you call? Uh, what you call to talk about? Um, well, I called. Uh, on one hand, I mean, I think tonight's going to be great because it's tonight. Like you were just saying, um, it's, it's an event. But every week is not going to be an event. So every week they're going to have to fill three hours worth of of entertainment, and it's going to get difficult, and it's going to get boring, or it could get boring. Um, and I'm sure Twitter and social media will go crazy every time people are getting bored. What is this? What is this crap? But I think in the age of the DVR, maybe it won't be so bad because a lot of people do DVR, and you can always fast forward through some stuff. Um, but my, my I guess my big comment or my thought was I draw the comparison between baseball and or any sport, really, but baseball and the expansion teams all of a sudden with pitching. You know, you had – now you have extra teams, your pitchers watered down. That's how I feel like the wrestling on Monday Night Raw, uh, what's going to happen to it is I feel it's going to get watered down. You know, you're going to have maybe matches that are too long that shouldn't have been as long, or you're just going to have filler with entertainment and just, you know, some crap that they're going to throw in. Like Dave was saying in the first hour, he said it used to be just, you know, hey, go out there and do this. You know, it could, it could hurt. It could hurt them. I, I do like the comparison to uh, sports. You know, everyone talks about, you know, once the expansion came into baseball, uh, pitching suffered. Pitching was, was weak because you, you spread it out more. Um, with the WWE, and, and, you know, they haven't built 
they really haven't built a lot of near superstars. Um, stretch that into three hours. It's an excellent point drawing the comparison to a baseball or expansion in in general uh, out there um, in the sports world. As as you're saying that, you know, they haven't built enough talent. Do you think maybe that the three hours could they could use it as a vehicle? to build their talent more because they'll have more of an opportunity to throw some guys in there and see what they can do. Um, it's a good point. Thank you for the, the call. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it depends on how they organize the whole thing. I mean, they could yeah, they could have kind of a, a key segment. Um, you know, it's tough now with what TNA is doing with uh, the gut check. Uh, it would almost, to me, it would almost be perceived as as a copy uh, if they don't find a really original way to to do it. Um, I like what TNA is doing with that. So if they had a segment for like a, a newbie or a rookie or uh, something like that, um, it would be interesting. But I mean, they really creative really has to look hard right now. If if they're gonna make this three hour thing work, there needs to be, if not just with the younger guys, it's not, there needs to be some substantial mid-card storylines that you're really going to want to get into. You're going to have to do have to do more with the tag division, the IC title, and the US t- title. If you're not going to do anything with those titles, um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be really difficult to make those three hours work and. We've defended John Cena on this program a number of times, but you know what? Like enough's enough. And if all of a sudden they're just adding new Cena segments and and they're replaying like you know he promos in the beginning of the show, replay his promo somewhere in the middle of the show, then so, now they, they they replay it again because they got more time to fill, and then Cena has a match at the end of the show. It's really going to be overkill. And we spoke a couple weeks ago that they were getting into a a dangerous area of overkill with uh, AJ. It got to be a little too much, and, and less is more with her. So they, they're, to me, it's, it's a dangerous time right now for the WWE, that this, this really could be one of the – we can debate over and over again about creative and what we feel about storylines, and, and some people like the stuff and some people don't. But this could be one of the biggest failures of the WWE in recent memory. I mean, they haven't failed a lot. They've been growing exponentially uh, year in, year out. WrestleManias are huge. Uh, you can debate creativity, like I said, but that really and truly is a matter of opinion. Um, if they are forced to go back to two hours because the quality is just not there, that's a failure. Um, so it should be interesting to see how this all unfolds. And everybody, Dave, myself, and you know, if you're listening and want to think along, Dank on the line, let's get him on. Dank, how you doing? Gentlemen, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. What you got for us this week? Uh, let's see, I got a couple of opinions, and then I got my pressing question that I've been waiting to ask, just to hear what your answer is. Um, right. let's, go the que- let's go with the question now so that I can, you know... I can, I can, uh, you know, uh, let the pain take place within my brain with this thought-provoking question that you've had. Oh, I've oh, got jokes already. Okay, I've been on the phone for 10 seconds. we got jokes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, the question is, um, if you would have been in the WWE with a thousand episode tonight, what, how, actually, not what, but how would you have been... How would you have liked to leave your mark in the business? 
would you have rather be known as like the best heel there ever was, the best champion, the best storyteller or the most charisma? Like how would you have wanted to leave your mark or your impression in the WWE after now with the thousandth episode coming up so that people remember you? Like people say Stone Cold, he was the badass, the one going up against the boss. People think John Cena, he's the do-gooder. You know, Ric Flair, he's like, you know, or the Hulk with the, everything the Hulk Hogan has been going, has done in the past for the company. How would you have liked for the fans to remember you as? Um, you know, you brought it up, and, uh, you know, I guess ego-wise, everyone would love to be like the Hulk Hogan. Um, but if wrestling fans... Uh, across the board, thought of me as a good storyteller. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, I don't. I, I think when people say you're you're a good worker or a good promo guy or a good this, that's all, all those comments are overrated. If if you're a good storyteller, that's to me that's where wrestling is most important. And if wrestling fans collectively looked at me as a great storyteller, I would take that. Okay. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, I would have to agree with you on that point. I'd, I'd want to be remembered for that. I'd also want to be remembered as a guy that, in wrestling, that if I were in wrestling, if I were, you know, I would want fans to remember not only to be a storyteller, like you said, but also to be a guy that, like, when I walk into that arena, like, all eyes are on me. Like, I can get every single person's attention. You know, like, Hulk Hogan... Guy, there's a handful list of guys that can like have audience in the palm of your hand, you know in the palm of your hands and uh, you know uh, Hulk Hogan is one of them. Um, he can he can he can he can work a room with thirty thousand people and he's that guy that uh, you know that that basically in a sense in the mainstream in wrestling started that you know he was he got he got everybody's attention. I'd want to be that guy where like you know when I come out of the curtain. Boom! You're you're not you're not taking a leak. You're not going to eat shirt. You know you're you're going to watch me whatever I'm doing, and I, and I want to and I, I want to do it with a bang. You know I want people to talk about me. Whatever I'm going to do when I walk out of that curtain, you're like, what's he going to do next? You know what I mean? Somewhat of an unpredictability to to to, to my character in in wrestling. You know that that gets people talking because you know um, that's I I I, I like that factor. In, in, in the wrestling, it's the unpredictability of somebody's character. Great question. Okay. You got um, anything else for us tonight? Um, well, I know you've been asking everybody, and you know you've been asking throughout the week what your favorite moment or your least favorite moment of the WWE has been. And I have to say, like, I mean, there's like I can count, I can I can lose count on how many favorite moments or how many least favorite moments I have, but I think I have one memorable moment that I can pinpoint that for me changed how I looked at the WWE as a business, and that was with the death of Owen Hart and the memorial that they had the night after. Like, up until then, it was like right at the beginning of when Dave got me into wrestling, and he was one of those... I enjoyed watching it, and I knew everything, you know, that it was scripted and all this, but I enjoyed it. 
but I never really understood the like tightness almost or like the family like how much of a family they are until that happened in the night after where you see I wanna say it was Triple H who up until that point just seemed like this badass guy all of a sudden was in tears. Like you saw these performers as the human beings that they really are and and he just put everything in perspective for me on how you know what? You can you can script anything as much as you can, but when reality hits you, it's just a completely different game. And that night, that Monday Night Raw, for me, will always be the most memorable. And I know that a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily pick something like that as something they bring up or something that, you know, may be at the top of their list. But for me, personally, it was a game changer. And I want to say that night when I became a true fan of not just WWE, but but especially of Raw, and started, like, almost following it religiously to where it's like, you know what? It may be scripted. It may, you know, the outcomes may be, but you just never know. You know? And it just, I don't know, it changed for me a lot on how I viewed the world of wrestling. So as much as I can sit here and talk for hours about favorite moments and least favorite moments, I think memorable moments for me was that night. Uh, it's, a, it's a great moment. And Dank, as always, thank you for the phone call. Uh, can't argue with that um, as far as you're going best, worst. Um, memorable, I do remember that uh Distinctly, very, very uh, gut-wrenching, uh, very difficult to watch. Um, you know, one of the first moments you actually, as much as we all knew it was scripted, where you really kind of saw like, on TV faces, heels, everyone out, as, as Dank said, in this uh, close-knit kind of family. Um, that was that was a difficult night to watch, but uh, definitely a memorable Raw um, and Dank, as always, thanks for the phone call. Always with the thought-provoking questions. Um, Dave, take yeah. a break. Let's go take a break. Okay. Get something to drink, take a breather, walk around a little bit. Uh, okay. Me and the champ are going are gonna to talk for a little bit. You got All it. All right. All right. Then we got the champ of the Body Slam Wrestling Organization, Tristan Law on the line. Tristan, how are you? I am here, Ken. How's it going, buddy? Going all right. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. I'm just here training hard for the match on our Thursday night in the steel cage. Nice. And where is it? Why don't you tell listeners where that is again? Uh, the show is going to take place at the Orange County Fairgrounds. This is going to be Thursday, July 26th. This is this Thursday. show starts at 7.30. And it's at the Orange County Fair. The address is 100 Carpenter Avenue in Milltown, New York. The tickets are $20. Those are advanced ringside tickets. So that means you get all the guys on the ring to sweat on you. And you can get your nice. tickets from ecpw1.com. Very cool. Uh, Terry, we're doing our special pregame for uh, the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, as a guy in the business, uh, your thoughts, like what is Raw done? Like how has Raw changed the business? What does it mean to the business? Um, your thoughts and opinions on, on Monday Night Raw reaching 1,000 episodes. I think uh, 
I think I think Rob uh, going to uh, 1,000 episodes is actually a really good thing for them. It's actually a really good thing for the business as well because it shows that uh, that Vince McMahon could uh, and his uh, and his uh, and his team could put on a good product that's been going strong for so many years. First it was on USA, then it went to Spike TV, then it went back to uh, USA. Now you can catch the replay in Spanish on different channels. You can catch the one-hour recap of a two-hour show on, on USA on Saturday and Sunday nights. So I mean, you know. I get, they're doing they're doing everything they have to do. I mean, you know, WWE Raw, you know, WWF Raw as it was known back in the day. I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, it wouldn't last. And you know, with WCW Nitro being out at the time, it gave them you know that edge to always want to be better. And now I think that since there's no other show going on head to head with them on Monday night, there's really nobody for them to be better than. So it's like, I don't think they always try to put their best foot forward. Interesting. So it is. Going to three hours week in and week out, is that a good idea? You know, I think three hours is good because I, I remember watching Raw. There's some episodes of Raw that you watch, and it's like, oh, I wish you had like another hour. Because, you know, the way, the way they do it is that Raw is always over 7 to 15 minutes after after 11 o'clock. So it's like, you know, I just need another 45 minutes more sometimes. Yeah, I've seen that. If it's a really good show, I'd have seen that, that fix. I think tonight's going to be one of those shows that we're going to be really thankful that it's two, three hours instead of two. Interesting, interesting. Well, that's that's a, a good. I mean, you bring up a good point. There are those moments at the end of Raw where you're like, oh, they just went on a little longer. So hopefully they can create uh, moments like that. Switching gears, uh, you had an event this past Saturday night. Uh, how did your title defense go this past weekend? I'm still the same. How do you think it went, Ken? Well, basically, you know, I, I wrestled against. Uh, one of the newest faces in our ring of honor, his name is QT Marshall. Him and I have a little bit of history together. Back when we went to wrestling school uh, with the Dudley boys in Florida. You know, I wrestled him one time. I beat him a couple months ago. And, again, you know, he decided to take the, take his uh, test his luck against the law again. You know, after wrestling that guy, I clearly understand why he wrestles for ring of honor. You know, that guy's that guy good. He put me to the limit. But, you know, at the end of the night, I did exactly what I had to do, and I won by any means necessary. So, you know, the, the DOD is in absolutely no danger right now. The dynasty of destruction, we're stronger than ever. We're actually stronger than the United States of America's economy. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, you know, that hard to do right now. Well, yeah, I see your point. But, I mean, I'm the champ, so, I mean, you know, I'm the champion of the world. So, you know, I should, they should just automatically name America... Tristan Law Country. I think it's your name in there because I have enough money because I'm the world champion to sustain the economy in the United States of America. Just an yeah, idea. I, I wouldn't necessarily. Are you gonna, you know, maybe at some point put your your hat in the the ring for a, uh, you know, running for office? I mean, I can't be far behind. I mean, I I vote for you. Well, you know what? I know that you would vote for me, but a guy like me, who want to vote for me? You know, a guy like me, I'd want to come over and just take it over and hold control forever. Because after all, I'd be the first world champion and president of my own country at the same exact time. So, I mean, you know, I'm just going to walk into the White House one day and just take the keys from Obama. I'm like, look, kid, it's time to hit the bricks because the law's in the house. And you can leave your wife, take the kids and the dog. Sounds good, sounds good. So when's the next time we could see uh, the dynasty of, of destruction in, in action? I mean, are, are we, how are we moving forward? I mean, is there anything, anyone else left to, to defeat? I mean, it seems like the dynasty is just kind of taking control of the BWO. That's the Body Slam Wrestling Organization. Um, 
you know, when's the next time we're going to see the, the Dynasty of Destruction in action? And, uh, I mean, is there any competition left? I mean, I've already beaten all the competition left in, uh, in, in, in BWO, in the Body Slam Wrestling Organization. There's actually nobody else. I think I might actually show up next month on August 18th and just wrestle myself, you know. I mean, I need a little bit of competition because you got guys like Steve Off who got fired from the BWO, and what he had to do last month was him and uh, Section 8. They had to buy a ticket to come to the show. So, I mean, you know, a guy like me, you know, I have two, I have two things that Steve Off wants. I have a job and I have the world title. And unfortunately, in order to get the world title, you need to have a job at the BWO. So there's nobody for me to be. I think I might actually wrestle on the referees next month. I don't know. You just kind of show up August 18th, the one, leave some place, Elmwood Park, New Jersey, you know, to find out what's happening. And you can get your tickets for that at BodySlamWrestling.com. And you can also follow them on Facebook. And you can follow them on Twitter at BodySlam. I think I think you, should, you guys should just like you know since you've rolled over all the competition maybe just like a dynasty destruction party. I agree. Everybody, everybody would pay to come into our party. We'd hang out. The wrestling room would be there. You know, put like a little pool in there, a little bit of you know chocolate pudding. Let the girls come in. No, no, that's a little bit too much. That's a little, <laughs> bit, too that's a idea, that's a little bit too much. That's a good idea, though. It's a little bit too much. That's a good idea. Maybe someday. Oh, I am planning on being there at the. Uh, I will be there at the Orange County Fairgrounds seeing your first cage match, and I'll also be there at the Body Slam Wrestling Organizations uh, next night, so be sure to come and check out Tristan Law, Obey the Law, and tell them your, your Twitter and Facebook again, Tristan. Of course. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tristan Law fan page. You can also find me at www.tristanlaw.com, and you can also find me on Twitter at Tristan Law. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to the next time we hear from you, Tristan. Not a problem. I'm going to go finish my workout for that Mike Iannuzzi for the cage match on Thursday night. So I'll see you then, and I will be putting my best foot forward. It's going to go in his ass. Nice. Taking care of business. Obey the law. Thanks a lot, champ. And there you have it. The Body Slam Wrestling Organization's heavyweight champion, Tristan Law. Always a honor and pleasure to have him on the show with us. Go and make sure to check him out. Uh, let's see if we can get Dave back on the line. Uh, regulation set for our producer to keep things a little bit civil in Henry Show Studios. Uh, we politely and respectfully have asked Dave to uh, sit out of any uh, interviews with the champ, and uh, we'll ask him to come back on at this time. Dave, are you on the line? Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm back. Good to hear from you. Let's move forward. 1,000 episodes strong of Monday Night Raw. Let's go to the Facebook page because on Facebook, we had asked you guys there, what was your favorite wrestling moment? And we are loving what we're getting out of you. Uh, We're loving uh, that you guys are supporting us. Um, First off, we have James Somerville who said 2004. Rock gets kicked out of Raw in Miami. Greatest exit ever. Pat Crowley writes, Dudley Boys putting May through a table. Uh, a little misogynistic, but okay, Pat. Great moment. Justin Rosenbluth, every Raw moment that Pat Crowley hates. I love the fact that we have rivalries on the actual Facebook page. If you're not on there, go like Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We want to hear from you. Uh, Dave, you actually put some stuff on here, but I'm going to wait and let you just talk about your opinions. Uh, against okay. James, also wrote too many to uh, 
consider. So we got a lot of stuff there on the Facebook page. We want to hear your favorite moments. But, uh, Dave, since we're talking about it, what are your favorite moments ever on Monday Night Raw? Well, like I said on Facebook, there's so many to choose from, you know. There's even something that, like, I didn't put on Facebook that I saved particularly for the show. But um, I've, I've mentioned, uh, you know, uh, a personal favorite of mine because I was in attendance. This was my very first Monday Night Raw. It was April of 1999, and it was when Stone Cold Steve Austin saved Stephanie McMahon from eventually marrying The Undertaker um, when she was laid out on that cross and the glass broke. The place went insane. It was just it was just awesome to be a part of that. He cleaned house, and he saved his, his most hated rival's daughter from getting sacrificed to the dark side. I mean, it was cool, you know. Um, when Steve Austin commandeered the ambulance for Bret Hart after they had their street fight. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many of them. I mean, I could go, of course, Tyson and Austin. When DX invaded WCW, um, <laughs> excuse me, I mean, uh, the, the Brian Pillman, Steve Austin gun angle. And I know I've mentioned Austin a lot. He's, had, he's been very integral in, in some of the greatest moments in Raw history or when Mick Foley won the WWE Championship from The Rock. Um, a personal favorite of mine that I like was uh, the very first Rock concert when The Rock was in Sacramento hyping up his match with Steve Austin in uh, 2003. It was hilarious. He, he he had the crowd at the palm of their hands. They were loving him at one minute, and then when he'd say something in the line about Sacramento, they just booed him out of the building. It was I mean, I could go on and on. I could write a book about my favorite Raw moments and so even some of my least favorite Raw moments. But um, those are just a few that come to mind for me. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, being a wrestling fan and the way wrestling used to be and uh, being a little older, so remembering, uh, you know, Raw starting, uh, wondering if it could succeed week in and week out, Um you know, an era of time in the Attitude Era where Raw really kind of uh, hit some steam um, and, and really was uh, appointment TV week in and week out. Uh, there are so many moments. Um, one of my favorites, and uh, and it's just, you know, every so often in any, whether it's any profession, any entertainment venue, any, you know, there are times, there are moments where you see a person or people that are so good at what they do, and it's it's borderline an honor to just be able to to watch it. Um, it's it's just it's something special, and I always look back to that moment. And I'm sitting here in the Ken Reedy Show studios, and I have a big poster uh, for WrestleMania 18 up here, uh, Icon versus Icon. And every time I do the show, I'm watching, I'm looking at a picture of of that moment. Uh, when The Rock challenged Hulk Hogan uh, for the WrestleMania 18, that to me was an amazing moment. Uh, a moment where you had two guys that um, say what you about Hogan, but you, you never fault the guy for his charisma. And and that guy, like, he can hold a, a crowd in the palm of his hands, and he did that night. And The Rock, same thing. And it was two guys that, you know, just get it. You know, they just know they know when to talk and when to shut the hell up. And that to me was just a magical 
moment because, you know, sometimes guys just talk too much. And when those two guys, you know, they, they jawed a little bit back and forth and The Rock did his thing and he challenged them. Um, when they stood there and just allowed the crowd to, to get louder and louder and the, the Hogan chants and The Rock chants, uh, it, it was an amazing moment. I mean, not unlike, I remember seeing an, an interview with someone who talked about Michael Jackson, the way he performed, and MJ would come out on stage and he would just stand there and the crowd would go nuts. And then when you think he would do something, he wouldn't. He would just stand still and the crowd would actually get louder. And then he'd bring his hand up to his sunglasses and the crowd would actually get louder. And then he'd slowly take his sunglasses off and you thought the place was going to explode. Um, and, you know, again, in all-time entertainment, great. That's what this moment to me was like. It was two guys that just knew when to shut up, knew the the moment, knew to, to respect the moment, and they both allowed it to happen. And uh, immediately when I thought, you know, best raw moment, that was the first thing that, that popped into my head was just I got goosebumps watching it. Uh, memorable? I mean, it's tough to say best. Uh, I, I thought Dank brought up a good point with uh, Owen. Um, one of the things I do remember that always stuck in my head was when Hart, uh, after the double switch with Stone Cold, the next night putting the figure four on Rocky May Avia, um, you know, and he was actually doing commentary and he's like, fuck, that was evil. You want to see evil? And puts his headset down and goes over and, and beats up Rocky May Avia and puts the uh, the figure four on the pole on him. I don't know why, but that moment just sticks out for me uh, as a memorable moment. As far as one of my least favorite moments, and it's probably why, like I'm always saying, he's overrated, uh, the Lost My Smile moment on a special Thursday night edition of uh, Raw. Uh, We'll never get over my smile. I I didn't like that either. Lost My Smile? Like, come on. Like, he could have told the crowd he lost the keys to his car, and it would have been more believable than lost his smile. Yeah, I just, you know, and it's fun. Because again, and, and depending, I you know, I think a lot of times with wrestling and stuff, you just, you, you, you kind of, you know, it depends on your age watching things and, and, you know, where you are in life. And for, you know, for me, I you know, I was old. I was in the workforce. And, you know, a guy at his job who's like, he's got to leave because he lost his smile. Like, for me, as a grown man working, was like, seriously? Like, you seriously? You lost your smile? Like, let, let, come here so I can bitch slap you. So, yeah, that was probably, again, I didn't want to research this too much. I, I And I'll say it purposely. Like, I thought about going and just, you know, going through Raws and thinking, you know, all right, let me let me remember this and let me let me look up some things and and then I started thinking I just want to go with my gut on this and and things that stuck for me and you know when I thought of least favorite I thought of the uh, the loss of my smile and I thought of my favorite immediately uh, Rock Hogan uh, was what popped into my head so um, a very special night for a wrestling fan one thousand episodes of Monday Night Raw and to me what this signifies is. This is wrestling coming out of the bingo halls and into the mainstream. I mean, this is what wrestling has become. And all in all, you know, say what you will about creative, but a thousand episodes. A thousand episodes. I don't know if you've heard this before, but Raw happens to be the longest episodic running TV show in history. I don't know if you know that, a little known fact. But that being said, a wrestling fan, 
That's cool. Man, I mean, when you think about, you know, as a wrestling fan, and we're always defending our, our fandom and defending the business and defending, you know, everything, it's kind of cool to have that. Raw is ours. It's ours. People can say what they want about, well, this entertainment's better or that's better. or this. Yeah, but there's a thousand of these bad boys. A thousand episodes of Raw. So, man, like, be proud of being a wrestling fan tonight. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a nostalgic night. Let's maybe put our, our critical thinking aside and just enjoy tonight's episode. But you know what? It's come time for we're going to reveal the end the, the end, the, the end of our poll, the poll question, the results. And it's funny because we have, we have multiple ties in, in our poll question. Um, and our poll question for this week was, who is the greatest wrestler of the Raw era? And surprisingly, as I've gotten a lot of flack criticism of the guy, but tied, actually, for last place with 3% of the vote, Shawn Michaels and The Rock. Very surprising there. I thought both those guys would be up a little bit higher on this poll, uh, especially The Rock. Uh, fairly shocked. But, uh, that's where uh, those two came tied for last place at 3%. Next up, tied both with 11% of the vote, Triple H and The Undertaker. And uh, those two guys, uh, you know, Undertaker is an interesting guy because, uh, you know, he's been around for a while. Um, maybe the greatest character in wrestling history. So those two guys are tied for 11%. Coming in in third place with 14% of the vote, John Cena. And I hear, I hear internet fans and marks all over the place just, just screaming in agony. Well, if you didn't vote and your voice wasn't heard, it's your own fault. Um, I was surprised, actually, he, he came up this high. Uh, third place for John Cena. Uh, you know, say what you will. I mean, whether you like him or you hate him, he has been the focal point for the better part of a decade uh, for the biggest rec- wrestling company on the planet. So, not saying he doesn't deserve to be there, but I was kind of surprised that John Cena, John Cena, ladies and gentlemen, ranking higher on the greatest wrestler of the Raw era than Triple H, Taker, Shawn Michaels, and The Rock. Wow. (laughs) And tied with a late-game comeback because he was not tied for first, but a tie for first and two guys whose history are pretty closely tied together. The greatest wrestler of the Raw era. Two men. I got no problem with these guys being at the top of the list. Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin tied for the top spot, both garnering 29% of the vote. So there you go. Your thoughts on the poll there, Dave? It was a good poll. I like it. I mean, I, I would have I, I voted. Actually, I did vote for Steve Austin to be the guy. Um, one name in particular that I thought that deserved to be on the poll, and, you know, no fault to you or, you know, uh, your staff over there, your, your producer, and in all seriousness, but um, Mick Foley. Mick Foley was an integral part of keeping that ship afloat um, on Monday Night Raw, especially when Steve Austin was out with a neck injury. He 
he was a part of a lot of folk, you know, big storylines in WWE, especially with Triple H and how he basically made Triple H a star. Um, I mean, Triple H was a big name before that, but he really stamped him, you know, on the map and kept him there. Um, so I was surprised Foley wasn't a part of the poll. Um, but I would have chosen Steve Austin. Bret Hart's a good choice, too. I mean, Bret Hart was there, you know, keeping things, you know, keeping, keeping you know, you know, the head above water um, in the company after Hogan left um, in 93 when Raw was debuting and, uh, you know, doing his putting his best foot forward to, uh, you know, make Raw a brand name uh, from 93 all the way to 97. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went with, with Brett and, uh, you know, for, for those reasons. The one thing with uh, Mick Foley was, uh, you know, I looked at the other guys and there wasn't anyone I would knock off um, the list. So I kept at those guys. And we we did have a write-in, but no one wrote in Mick Foley. And I was, it's funny you brought him up because I was curious if he would be a, a write-in vote on the poll, but he was not. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised at the guys who won. I'm really more or less surprised at where John Cena wound up placing. I, I honestly thought I, I I honestly thought that The Rock was if not winning the poll that he was going to uh, uh be close to the top and, and I thought Shawn Michaels would have more votes. So uh an interesting poll nonetheless. John Cena coming in third. But you know what it's time for now, Dave? I think I do. The Ken Reedy Show, not over the rules. And we are under 10 minutes away from 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw, our nod of approval, which is something we just nod our heads in, in approval. Uh, hence, yeah, I'm defining something with the term, but yeah. When you see something you really liked in the world of pro wrestling, we give it the nod of approval. We each give one. Dave, who gets your nod this week? You know, I didn't see a whole lot that I really cared for in uh, in wrestling this week on Raw, SmackDown, or Impact. Um, but uh, if there was one thing in particular I nodded my approval at, I nodded my approval before the segment even really got underway was the uh, Chris Jericho-Dolph Ziggler segment. Um when Ziggler came out and he spoke, I figured it was just going to be your standard, you know, I won money in the bank and I'm going to cash in whatever, I, you know, just kind of like cut a promo. And then when Jericho came out, I was like, all right, this is cool. Like, they're going to set them up to have a match at SummerSlam, like, and it, it's going to be a good match. So let's see where they go with it. And then they went further. Jericho didn't speak, and Ziggler spoke the whole time and really did well, held his own, did well for himself on the mic. And then Jericho just did the code breaker and kind of ended it with Ziggler. And what real, not only just Jericho coming out was, you know, I nodded, but I also nodded at one point too, when they shot the Jericho walked away and they showed a shot of Ziggler, like, you know, like uh, kind of coming to and getting up from the code breaker and Vicky's kind of like helping him up. And he's kind of got this grin on his face. Like, all right, I got under his skin. I accomplished what I wanted. Almost like where the storyline could lead to is that like, Maybe Ziggler is, you know, trying to get the best of Jericho and, you know, at the same time he's trying to bring something out of him so that when he beats Jericho it's going to be a bigger deal than it already is. I I don't know. And there's rumors of Jericho. Jericho went on his tout account. He touted it out that he was going to do something big and people are going to be talking about him tonight on Raw. So um, 
you know, I give my nod of approval to that segment. I think overall it was good, and it sets the potential up for, you know, a, a good, good to great program between the two of them in, in the very near future. Good nod. You know what? I am going to give, and it, it's kind of cool that uh, when coincidences happen, but my nod of approval is actually going out to the Ken Reedy Show Nation. I cannot be thankful enough for you all who have been supporting us, listening, calling in, getting on the Facebook, tweeting and retweeting, because on this night of the thousandth episode of Raw, with two more shows left in this this month, uh, or one more show, one more show left in the month, but we far exceeded uh, our best month ever on this show, and we've actually gotten over a thousand hits uh, listening to the show, and I just I'm humbled by that. Uh, people have been saying stuff on other Facebook pages. Uh, you know, it's really a grassroots kind of thing. And I'm I'm really like I said I'm I'm humbled and, and honored that you guys are out there listening. So I thank you. Our biggest month ever. So on the thousandth episode of Raw, the Ken Reedy Show, month of July 2012, we had over 1,000 hits to our show. So from me to you, from us to you, uh, thank you. The Ken Reedy Show Nation gets my nod of approval this week. The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. And we're running short on time. we got about three minutes left, and this was just handed to me. So this is uh, some super secret stuff that is just being announced, and I'm going to announce it right now. Um... We're uh, Kenry Show. We're happy that we're actually uh, co-sponsoring some events. Uh, as you heard the commercial early on, just remember uh, July 28th is Jimmy Hart, and uh, August 4th we got Rebby Sky and Matt Hardy uh, doing signings at M&J Collectibles and Field Square Center in Connecticut. And on September 22nd, this was handed to me a signing, same place. Vader, the man they call Vader, the Mastodon, will be doing a signing. So come on down if you'd like to get stuff signed uh, by Vader. I'm sure there will be more details to follow. There will be a, a VIP greet. Um, autographs are 25 photo op are 25 uh, There will be a combo for 40 bucks. So uh, go and check it out. Uh, if you go and like uh, M&J Collectibles on Facebook... Uh, you can get all the info right there. Be sure to check him out. Uh, Ken Reed's show here. We are very happy to be a part of all these signings. Uh, come on out and meet your favorite uh, legends in the pro wrestling world. Dave, are you ready for 1,000 episode of Monday Night Raw? I am ready. Hey, me, I am before, ready. I, before I get you, sorry about that, but... Uh, correct that info, September 21st is Vader. September 21st, uh, I guess the info is just coming in as we speak, so September 21st, Vader. Dave, you psyched? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's Like I said, he's pulling out, they're pulling out all the stops tonight, and uh, I, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I haven't looked forward to this to a Raw in quite some time. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's got the old uh, nostalgia kind of feel to it. I'm always excited to see uh, the old guys come out and, and get their due. Um, it's going to be a, a great night to be a wrestling fan tonight. So go out, you know, like I said, check your criticism at the door. Just go out tonight and enjoy this thousandth episode. This is ours as wrestling fans. There'll be many more three-hour rolls we can be critical of in the upcoming weeks. So again, I thank the Ken Reedy Show Nation for supporting us, being a part of this thing. Tonight was a special episode just for the Raw. Remember, we'll be on schedule next week, Sunday night. HenryShow.com 6 to 8 p.m. every week, talking the best in pro wrestling. We want to hear from you next week. Give us a call. I'm Ken Reedy for Dave Rosenblum. Thank you for tuning in. Good night.